and be glad in it. Thank you for those who are able to join us live in person this morning. Thank you to you. Join us right where you are. We want to welcome you to join us and worship our awesome Lord and God to get a little something this way. in the body of Christ. So we One in the body of Christ. We're all one in the body of Christ. Amen. 
verses 1 through 10. The Gospel according to Luke, chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Amen. Yeah. And it reads, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road. But Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his, to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He was gone to be the guest. He was gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. 
Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Amen. Amen.
this far by faith. Can't turn around. Our God is able, hallelujah, to do all things well. There's nothing our God cannot do. Let us turn to him and pray. Mighty God, we just thank you for being a God all by yourself. For you, Lord, sitting high but looking low to see about, Lord, your people. Father, we gather together today to hear a word from you. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. May we have your word hidden in our heart that we might not sin against you. May you be glorified. May you be magnified. All that is said and done. And may we draw close into your presence and in communication with your spirit through your holy word. Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. As we continue on talking about how our lives have been changed uh, once we meet Christ. Again, we're going to look at a text of Jesus coming by someone and their life being changed. We want to talk about today how we deal with impressions and how we live by impressions. Sometimes we tell everybody right how we want to make a first impression. You want to make that interview a good first impression. You go out on that first date, you want to make a good first uh, Impression. When you're meeting someone for the first time, you want to make that good first impression. But sometimes, regardless of what you try to do in presenting yourself, somebody might have already told you how your reputation may precede you. It seems that sometimes people have their own idea of who you are and what you said or what you have done and have already made up in their mind how they're going to treat you. But I want to encourage you today that don't lean on how others see you, but trust how God sees you. Luke 19 and 10 from our text for today says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. See, change is a process. To go from being lost to being found in Christ is a daily process. God is always working to help us to be who he wants us to be. To be found in the light, we first have to be found in Christ. We must endeavor to walk in his light and be continually changed by his spirit. As we follow our God, we want to follow what he calls us to do. And by doing what he calls us to do, we must submit, surrender, allowing him to change our hearts, to change our minds, and to change our attitudes. 
But yet this change is not impulsive. This change is not intrusive. This change is an invitation to you. We accept the invitation. We acknowledge that he can help you out better than you try to help yourself. And I want to encourage us also we look at this text is that we want to ask this question about am I where he is? Because I want to be where he is. I, I want to be in his presence. I want to be walking in his will. I, I want to be going the right way and not the wrong way. I want to make sure I'm following the right signs that's going to get me in the right direction. Because I want to point out here in this text again, as we've seen in some of the other texts, that Jesus just so happens to be where he's needed most. I want to encourage you that our God is always where we need him. But are we in the right place that we can be seen by him? We got to stay in the light, not go off into the darkness. Luke 19, chapter verses 1 through 10, again, lift up to us uh, the first few verses that we get into our text. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man named there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came by, he looked up and Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in a great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. Again, first impression. Jesus sees Zacchaeus and says, I need to be in your house. The others see a chief tax collector, short in stature, running, climbing a tree, and he's notorious for being a notorious sinner. Now, this text points out to us that him being the chief tax collector in the region means that he's doing pretty good at his job. And the sad thing about him doing well at his job means he is taking advantage of his own people by overcharging them with the taxes they give to the oppressive roaming government. And he's living well because he is doing well in extortion and taking money. Hmm. And so you can see why they might be upset that he's going to that man's house. Uh, uh, the, The one that keeps on taking Food off my table, that, that man's house. The one that's charging me more than what he should be charging. The one that lives better than everybody else. He wants to go into that house. Hmm. But here again, look again at this text. Luke describes to us the, the kind of the stature of Zacchaeus. We, we find out that he's not tall in stature, but he's short in stature. But also we find that he is rich and he's affluent And he's well known, but not for the right reasons. He's a notorious sinner. He's known for being good at his job, which is bad to them. And here it is that he climbs a tree just so that he could see Jesus. (laughs) He realized Jesus was coming his way. 
And he says, I want to see him. And here's the thing. Jesus wanted to see him. Isn't that something? He says, Zacchaeus, I need to be in your house today. Now the people got mad. Uh, they got jealous because why is Jesus helping him out? Why is Jesus going to go to his house? Because they're all around to see Jesus. They, there was a whole crowd, but yet this notorious sinner is the one that was called out. And this is the one that he invited to come into his house. Again, reiterate in verse 10, Jesus says, I came for the lost. May I suggest that you can see yourself as a kid, that you were not in need, that you needed to see Jesus. You didn't, may not understood that you are lost, living in sin, not knowing right from wrong. But yet Jesus says, I need to see you. Uh, Jesus is looking to communicate with you. Jesus is looking to fellowship with you. Will you accept the invitation? Him seeking after Jesus help him to realize that Jesus is where he wants to be. Here how we realize this is what he wanted because Zacchaeus could just let it pass by. Uh, he couldn't see because he was short. So he had some adversity. He had some obstacles to stop him from able to see Jesus. But he did not stop there. He didn't allow his short stature limit him from seeing Jesus. Instead, he says, maybe I can get a higher position. Only way I can get a higher position if I climb this sycamore tree. But by climbing the sycamore tree, he became elevated and higher than everybody else. That Jesus was able to see the man he wanted to see <laughs> as he was coming in that direction. Notice also that Zacchaeus was very spe specific in his direction. He says he's going to go by this way. <laughs> I know we used to sing the song back in the day all the time. Right. Come by here, Lord. Come by here. Somebody needs you. Come by here. Here it is. He just wanted to see Jesus and he wanted he realized that he's going to come by here. So here's where I'm going to be. So let me get myself there so I can be seen. Have you done everything you can to see Jesus? Have you had some adversity, some obstacles to come your way and you allow them to stop you and say, you know what? I'm not going to press on and try to get there. But yet if you keep on pressing, you might see you're about to get to your breakthrough. But you've given up and you've given out and you realize while I'm still in the same condition, could you still not get yourself to see the doctor? Jesus is here. He's a present help in the time of trouble. Jesus is always able. He is mighty to save. And here it is. Zacchaeus is just I just want to see him not knowing how his life is going to change. That sometimes people are, are allowing the obstacles to stop them from getting where they need to be, not knowing just if I get to where I should be, my life would be better. But we allow the adversities of life, these obstacles to hinder us from pushing forward, uh, that we don't see our greatest breakthrough. Uh, but instead, we start wondering, what if, what if, what if? But if only we just trust and say, Lord, I want to be where you are. Wherever that is, if I got to climb a sycamore tree, if I got to go into a cave, if I got to go into the cold, if I got to go into the water, wherever you are, Lord, that's where I want to be. Also, to highlight here, there's humility that Zacchaeus shows us, because in this context, in this time, in the near ancient East, that it was undignified for the elite and the rich to run. But he ran. That's why. Uh, we like the story about the prodigal son because the father ran, uh, right? This is something uncharacteristic. This is something undignified for them to do. So this shows humility. This shows them self-awareness that I'd rather humiliate myself if I can just get 
in the space to see Jesus. Sometimes we live in a life that we want to impress people so much that we don't want to be humiliated. We don't want anybody to talk down about us. So we'll talk down about them because you want to set ourselves up high. But yet here it is. The king of kings set himself low to showing us what humility looks like. How much more we must humble ourselves just to be in his presence. And here it is. This rich man is humiliating himself just to get a glimpse of Jesus. Not not knowing that Jesus is going to say, I need to see you today. He just wanted to get a glimpse of Jesus. Not knowing that seeing Jesus was going to change his life forever. He just wanted to get a glimpse of Jesus. And Jesus wanted all of him. And so, but yet we find the haters hated because he gave them an invitation. But yet look how when Jesus asked him, join me back again in verse five and verse six is when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus quickly came down. I'm sorry. He said, Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home. Verse six, Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house. In great excitement and joy. After he humiliated himself climbing up the tree, all that was aside because now he had joy. Because Jesus is coming to his house. Think about how we find joy being in his presence. That all our other around surrounding circumstances do not compare to the joy of being in his presence. We can have joy in our brokenness and our pain and our discomfort in life's at tragedies and life's upside down situations that when I know Jesus, I can still have joy. Joy is knowing that Jesus sees us and he knows about our problems. Joy is understanding that what I'm going through is not going to be the end because he's called me to do greater things than what I'm going through right here because this earth is going to pass away. I understand death is here on earth, but there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth where there be no more death. So I understand that though these situations look bad now, this is not the end of the story. The Hebrews writer says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. So let Jesus keep on writing your story because he knows how the end is going to be. It's going to be better than you can ever think or even imagine. Joy comes to know that you are lost, but now in Jesus you're found. But understand that even when you find joy in Christ, there will some people that won't be happy with what you found in Jesus. They'd be displeased because all they can talk about is what you have done. But I'm so glad that God can speak to our future while people are trying to talk about our past. Again, this man's been changed just because the presence of Christ. He is known because of his sinful acts he has done in the past. Oftentimes, when we celebrate somebody's life, right, we talk about what they did. But oftentimes, we get excited when we can talk about how people changed in their life. That we can say how they started out this way, but they ended up this way. We like a happy ending. But here, they don't want to see a happy ending. They want this man not to be recognized, this man to be appreciated by Jesus. But they wanted this man to be, for everybody to know, he is a notorious sin. But here's, I want to encourage us that we too can know about our past. We can know about our issues, 
We too could tell somebody that, yes, I am bad. I've sinned. I've fallen short of the glory of God. But that's who I used to be. Uh, We're speaking in past tense. But right now, God is working in me and through me and he's changing me and he's renewing me. And I know that I'm not who I should be. I thank God I'm not who I used to be. And so when we stand in the presence of Jesus, it helps us to understand that we are not holy, but he is. Zacchaeus stood before the holiest incarnated God, the son, Jesus himself, and realized that I allowed you to come into my house, but yet my house is not clean. My house is not in order. I'm not living a right life. I've not been doing the things I should have been doing. It's something happening to him that's happening here. Now, when we look in Luke, the third chapter, talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, we are introduced to John saying how they were going out to him and to be baptized. Or who were going out to him? The text tells us in verses 12 and 13, even corrupt tax collectors came to be baptized and asked teacher. What should we do? He replied, collect no more taxes than the government requires. So here it is. We have a precursor to we get to Zacchaeus in this ninth in this in this chapter of the 19th of Luke that when they were going out to John saying, what must we do to be changed to show the fruit of repentance to show that we're giving our life? Well, he says, well, just do what the law requires. Don't take no more than you should. Uh, Zacchaeus, I think, is now getting a conviction of the Holy Spirit upon him, being in the presence of a holiness, realizing that I fall short. So verse eight says, meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord. If I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. And that's something there. He understood that I have not been doing right. Now, notice here, the people convicted him in verse 7, and he acknowledged that he's messed up as well when he confesses and says, Lord, I messed up. Y'all see the transition there? The people were grumbling. How are you going to go to that man's house? And that man's realizing in the presence of Jesus, they're like, they probably right. How are we going to come to my house? I, I, I haven't done the right thing. I'm standing in front of what is holiness. And John has preached this message that if you want to show you've been uh, forgiven, you want to show that you were you have repented of your sins then you would do what is right. We live in a lifetime now that some people think it's hard to do what is right. That some people have made things more political and identity politics over to do what is right. It's easy to know what is right because what is right is what's right. When you love your neighbor as yourself, that's right. Uh, When you make sure they got the same rights as you, that's right. But when we want to use other things and try to knock it down, that's not right. Right. When we want to talk about social justice as if it's not justice. Don't make any sense to me. I mean, if someone's treated fairly, they've been treated fairly. But in a time now that we don't want to treat people fairly because we don't like how they live or where they're going, we're acting just like them, trying to judge this person because Jesus is going to see them as if we know what's best. But here, I'm so glad that we are not the judge. And in his presence, he realized that, man, I messed up. So if since I have messed up, I want to make right what I've done wrong. I want to... Do it right. Now, here's the thing that 
He did not have to do what he did. He went above and beyond what was requested. He was only required to repray one fifth of the laws. But yet he says, I'm going to do all of this. Right. He says, what? Double. He goes on to saying that I want to pay back as much as I can for I have been wrong. Deuteronomy. Uh, I'm sorry. Leviticus six chapter verses one through five says and the Lord said to Moses, suppose one of you sins against your associate and is unfaithful to the Lord. Suppose you cheat in a deal involving security deposit or you steal or commit fraud or you find lost property and lie about it or you lie while swearing to tell the truth or you commit any other such sin. If you have sinned any of these ways, you are guilty. You must give back whatever you stole or the money you took by extortion or the security deposit or the lost property you found or anything obtained by swearing falsely. You must make restitution by paying the full price plus an additional 20 percent to the person you have harmed on the same day you must present a guilt offering here it is this man is standing in front of jesus and he is guilty he knows he is guilty but yet he is standing before his guilt offering He's not presenting an offering, but Jesus is his guilt offering, being prepared to die on the cross for our sins. But meanwhile, when Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor. And if I cheated people of the town, I will give them back four times as much. Many of you like me can do math and realize that when he said four times as much, that's more than four and 20 percent. He said, I'm going to give it all back and then some. He's going above and beyond understanding that I have not been right, but also shows you how much money he really got. That not only can he give some to the poor, but also pay back those he messed over with. And that's something that he realized in the presence of Jesus that I'm not right. I'm not living right. I'm not doing right. But today I'm going to do right. They talking about how I used to be, but I'm telling you who I'm going to be. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so glad that God can call us out of our darkness, out of our sin, out of our guilt and our shame and point us to a better tomorrow when we're walking with him. He withheld nothing, but he gave it all away. He understand what it means to submit and to surrender to Jesus. Sometimes in our lives. When we give over to Christ, we don't understand what it means to sacrifice. Uh, To sacrifice is basically to give up something important. But here's why we have to find out what's more more important than Jesus. Sometimes we have other priorities that seem to supersede Jesus. And that's basically what is an idol is anything we put before him. Uh, And when we are basing our life on an image that we want to present to people, we have allowed people become our idols. That we're trying to worship them. That's why we got to be careful with all these times we want to post and do all these things and say, look how I'm living my life. But yet we don't post to Jesus. We try to get as many likes, but we don't tell God how much we like him. We like to say, if I had a thousand tongues, I could never thank him enough. But you will point out I got a thousand likes on this one photo right here. But you just take time to thank Jesus for how good he's been to you. We put on facades. We put on our best for everybody else to see. But God loves us when we're not at our best, when we're at our worst, when we're down and out and there's nobody else around. It's Jesus. Hallelujah. That's always right there to tell you that I love you and I care for you. 
And that should be the motivation that there was as a kid. So that, Lord, because of what you've done for me, I want to change the way I live. Zacchaeus shows his change. And he gives back what he has taken. Jesus was welcomed into Zacchaeus' house. And once he came into his house, Zacchaeus realized that I can't live in this condition anymore. See, when we buy a new car, we buy a new suit, we get a clean house, right? We try to keep it in that condition. And and also people also feel that when they come in, right? Somebody comes into your house, you just cleaned it up, right? They say, do I need to take my shoes off, right? They try to be gentle when they get into your car, right? They don't say, oh, can I eat in your car, right? They ask all those questions, realize that I don't want to destroy or mess up what you just made, right? Here it is, like he is messed up. And yet what is clean, what is holy, what is righteous comes into his house. He says, I need to get this stuff together. This stuff don't look right. How can you be in here and I'm like this? I need to clean up. And here it is that Jesus will come into your mess. Mm. He won't hide from you. He won't shy from you. He will come into your mess and help you clean up your mess. Mm. He won't leave you and talk about you, but instead he'll call you to do greater things. See, here's what we need to do in life that sometimes some people already know what they've messed up. Don't tell them what they've done wrong. Tell them what they can do well. See, it's easy for us to tell somebody what they already know. But can we help them see what they don't see in themselves? To see that you are a child of God and he loves you, he cares for you, and he died on the cross so that you can have life and have life more abundant. I know it doesn't look like this now, but guess what? It won't stay like this forever. Jesus came for the lost. We look at after this situation and what was done. Look what has been said. Jesus responded. Salvation has come to this home today. For this man, catch this, has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. What did he do? He confessed, I sinned. And he says, I will make right what I have done. He has not given out the money yet. He hasn't distributed the wealth yet, but Jesus sees his heart. And he says, I count that <laughs> as righteousness. What I'm trying to encourage you to understand that God sees your heart. And when you confess, Lord, I'm a sinner, he understands you won't get it all right at that moment in time, but he knows your intent. He knows your desire to get right. And that makes him happy. <laughs> that makes him proud. He looks at him and says, you are a true son of Abraham. We learned this as I did many of you in Sunday school as a little kid, that I am a child of Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons and many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. <laughs> the son of man is the Lord our God. And he got excited to tell him, for the Son of Man came for a reason such as this, to seek and save those who are lost. There's somebody out there that wants to hear from you that Jesus loves them and cares for them, that their life can be changed by Christ, but it's not going to happen, hallelujah, overnight, and you will be changed, but it's a process that begins. And the process of, of accepting the invitation. 
Will you accept Jesus? Will you let him come into your house? Will you let him see your mess? Will you not hide from him and act like you got it all together and realize, like, I'm a mess. And I need your help to clean this up. I, I need you to come on in. Now, think about how when you need someone to come into your house because of a tragedy has happened in your house. Anybody ever have a flooded basement? Anybody ever have some situation? You realize that I ain't got time to clean up. Please, please come in and clean it up for me. You understand? Like I normally I put this stuff away, but I'm in such a bad situation. I just need everybody to come on in and to see me as I am and help me out. When we're at our most vulnerable, when we're at our most weak, that's when God says, I can use you now. Zacchaeus humbled himself and was vulnerable and realized that I don't have it all together. I, I thought money made me happy. I thought living like this made me happy. But in your presence, that made me happy. If we can just find in Jesus the joy and the peace that makes us happy. Not to worry about how other people talk about us. But as long as I know how God sees me. I, I, I thought about this all the time growing up. That when I was getting teased and going to school, that how my friends, I thought when my friends were talking about me, uh, I, 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 I looked the same as I looked back then. I just a little bit older, but I, I thought I was ugly because they told me how ugly I was. But every time I came home, my mom told me how cute I am. But I go back to school, they tell me how ugly I am. But I come back home, my mom tell me how beautiful I am. So I started realizing like, who I'm going to listen to. Because they make me feel bad about myself that I will get up in the morning, like, tell my mom, I'm, I don't feel well. I don't want to go to school because I felt sick to my stomach. They ain't going to talk about me when I came to school. But I felt good every time my mama came to pick me up. I felt good because I know she loved me and cared for me. And so what, I, what I'm realizing now that I didn't understand then that I want to be where I was loved and appreciated. I want to be around those that see the best of me and don't talk about what they see uh, negatively about me. And so when I understand that we serve a God that always sees the best in us, that we so forever want to be in his presence. We want to go around the best chimney that ever is and says, I love you. Matter of fact, I died for you so that you can have life and have life more abundantly. That We should look to him and say, Lord, I want to be where you are. Wherever you are, that's where I want to be. And there's some things that have stopped me from getting to where you are. Let me let go of those things. Let me give away those things. And let me be a servant, be a vessel for your glory. I want to encourage you that we too don't have to climb a tree for God to see us. But we can bend the knee. We can bow down and say, Lord, I need thee every hour. I need thee. We can lay down prostrate on our face and say, Lord, I don't know where else to go but here because I can't move. It hurts so bad. I, I don't know what's going on. Lord, I'm putting it in your hands and God just speaking and things will change. Am I talking to somebody here that understands that God, I need you. Come on by here and change my life. Last thing I want to talk about and encourage us as we're about to go on our way is that just like Zacchaeus, I want you to know that Jesus is coming your direction. <laughs> Look again at the text with me. It says that Jesus had an itinerary. <laughs> it said Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. Notice it didn't say he came to see Zacchaeus. It said he came into Jericho. He made his way through the town. The text let us know there was a man there named Zacchaeus, but yet Jesus chose to come to Jericho. Zacchaeus didn't send out an invitation. 
saying, Lord, I need you to come by here. But I want you to know that God is already coming in your direction. <laughs> Will you be ready to accept the invitation? And then as I look at this text, it says he entered Jericho. My, my Sunday school mind comes to me about Jericho. Walls came tumbling down. Y'all remember Jericho? Y'all don't remember Jericho? Let me tell you about Jericho. It's not in the New Testament, but in, in, in the Old Testament. You can read about Jericho. They had a great wall around them. That's where you find about the, the woman named Rahab, how she saved the spies. If y'all don't know who Rahab is, that's, that's in Jesus' lineage. She, he's one of his great, 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 great. Grandmothers. Rahab is in the lineage that helped save the children of Israel. But yet the walls of Jericho was too big for them to get to. So God told them to march around the walls of Jericho. They didn't make no battling rams. Or they didn't throw no catapults. They just marched around. And then on the last time they marched around, they made a shout. And the walls came coming down. Well, the first thing I'm saying is that sometimes we just need to wait. Oh, Lord. And sometimes we just need to shout and say, Lord, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. And then those obstacles and those bears come falling down. Zacchaeus climbed up the tree just, just to see Jesus. Not knowing Jesus only on his way to see him. To us it seems by coincidence, but by God is divine intervention. So I want to encourage you. He's coming your way. He's coming your way. And those who already know him, God says, God says, we want to continue to walk in his fellowship. We want to continue to do what he called us to do. And here's the beautiful thing, that God's not done with us yet. Mm. He's still changing us. He's still helping us to grow. He still forgives us because we do mess up. But yet we can repent. Hallelujah. And we can turn it over to him and say, Lord, I need thee. I messed up again. Lord, you realize you helped me clean this mess up before, but can you help me again? Anybody, you know, you, when you had that service before, right, and somebody helped clean up your mess and help you out, they leave you their number. Say, call me again if you need help. Well, don't, don't forget you can call on Jesus. Call on him again when you need help. Don't call him on that one time, but call on him every time. And you'll find out every time it's, it's going to be all right. And each day with Jesus gets better. It gets sweeter than the day before. I, I realize. I'm done preaching now. I'm just going to share that. I, I realize that God's grace mm, is better to me today than I ever realized before. But I also realize that it's the same grace. But yet I realize it's better to me than it was before. Because I, I realized I didn't know how much I needed him. <laughs> Till I got older. Just like a child. A child doesn't know how much they need their mommy and daddy. Till they realize they got to pay bills. <laughs> hey, mama. <laughs> can, you, can you help me pay for my cell phone bill? <laughs> well, you know, right? We, we don't think we need them till we need them. I'm so glad that our God is so good. He makes us feel like we don't need them. But yet he says, I'm here, son, when you call for me. I'm, I won't chastise you. I won't beat you down. I won't tell you how bad you've been. But I'll tell you how much I love you, how much I care for you, and how much I want to see you do the best you can. And that's why he sent Jesus. He could have condemned us. He could have judged us. But no, he saved us. He changed us. And so will you let him continue to change you, transform you, and renew you? Let us pray. Mighty God, we are grateful for how great is your grace, how great is your mercy.
how great is your love. That, Father, Lord, no matter what we have done, hallelujah, it does not change how much you love us. You sent your only begotten son to die on the cross for our sins. That we might know peace and everlasting life and joy through him. Now God guide us and direct us as we surrender to you. Father, there might be someone who does not know Jesus. Lord, I pray that they confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And they too shall be saved. Father, move in this place. Move in our lives. Move in our hearts. And Lord, we surrender to you. We give it all to you. For it all belongs to you. In Jesus Christ, saying, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for worship. If you decide that you want to understand what it means to be changed by Christ, and you called on Jesus today, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing, preaching, teaching church uh, that you can disciple and grow and know the baptism and communion of the saints together. Uh, in this space. And so that's not Zion. We encourage you to find that place where you are and that you will grow in, in, in the admonition of the Lord through the Holy Spirit, guidance, and direction. You can join uh, Zion through our website, www.zionbcpeoria.com. We also have our app. You can download and continue to stay connected and find out more how you can join this fellowship if you are, desire to do so. Praise God. God bless you. May you keep until we meet again. May we rise and prepare to give God his tithes and our offering. And continue to worship him. You can also give online through Zion's website, zionbcpure.com. Also text to give through the app as well. God bless until we meet again.